0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Best Damn Sports Show Ontario. The young, black, and Bobby. Sports I am your boy too. and um, yeah, week seven. Fuck them! This this was crazy. This was crazy. This was a crazy ass week. Quarterbacks um, meeting with all the time injuries out that Wazoo. Low scoring games. Low scoring games. All that. All that craziness. But I am last to be joined tonight with Cashley. What's up, Cashley? What's up, Lou? Greg, how you doing, brother? How was everyone's week? Going
1: good, no complaints.
2: Uh, I'm doing a lot better than I did last week. Feel a lot better, so that's that's always a plus. This is just another day in paradise.
0: <laughs> Another day in out. All right. That's what should I like to hear. So, woo! We got a lot to talk about tonight. Hopefully, we get out of here on our hour ass. Yeah, it's been one of those days, especially for me at work. Um, but we're going to start This show with our resident wrestling correspondent, Ashley. Follows them all. Yep. on what happened in the in the world of wrestling this week? Like Ashley, it is all yours.
1: Yes. Well, starting with WWE. Well, before I start, I do want to wish a happy belated birthday to my wonderful, beautiful co-host Pam. Uh, hope you really enjoyed your birthday. Love you. Now moving on to WWE. Uh, we recently had NAC Halloween Havoc. In case you're familiar with WCW, you know they had Halloween Habit uh, pay-per-views and WWE kept that uh, same format. Uh, So some of the uh, titles we had on that card, number one being the NXT North American Championship. We had a ladder match to determine who would take the vacated uh, North American Championship. We had a ladder match with Nathan Frazier, Wes Lee, or Mensa, Von Wagner, and the former champion Carmelo Hayes, with Wesley coming out on top, and is the brand new NXT North American Championship. So, congrats to him. The next match we had a casket match with Apollo Cruz and Grayson Waller. Um, this one was okay. Hmm, nothing really get excited about, but Apollo Cruz did defeat Grayson Waller by throwing him in the casket and making sure it was closed, completely shut. The next match on the card, we had a weapons wild match with Roxanne Perez versus Cora Jade, with Roxanne Perez um, coming out with that win. The next match, we had an ambulance match with Julius Creed versus Damian Kemp, with Julius Creed pulling out that match. Uh, Next, we had the NXT Women's Championship with Mandy Rose defending her title against Alba Fire and ultimately retaining her title by defending Fire at that match. And then finally, we had a triple threat match for the NXT Championship with Braun Breaker retaining his title against Ilja Dragunov and J.D. McDonnell. Overall, I would say it was an okay pay-per-view. The NXT North American Championship and the NXT Championship matches pretty much being the best on the card. So shout out to those that retain and shout out to Wesley who is a new North American champion. Um I do before I move on from WWE, I do want to say shout out to them. They're currently in Charlotte for Monday Night Raw. So they're at the Spectrum City Spectrum Center. Mm -hmm. So shout out to them. I'm Um, surprised you did not go. I know. (laughs) I actually forgot they were coming to Charlotte. I think I saw them advertise it. During SmackDown, I was like, "Oh, okay, they're gonna be in Charlotte on Monday." But you know, it's okay. Yeah, Um, yeah. Going on to AEW, um, want to send a healing vibe to Hangman Adam Page, who was still out due to AEW's concussion protocol. Of course, he sustained a concussion at the end of the match he had with John Moxley uh, about a week or so ago. Also, Willow Nightingale is finally all elite. Uh, For those familiar with Willow Nightingale, she's one of the best female wrestlers in the business right now and was formerly with Ring of Honor. And uh, I think TK kind of had her lingering around for a while before he signed her, but she's finally all elite. So that's what's up. Uh, Also on the...
3: Is that like a replacement Mm -hmm. for... um, Is she like a replacement for Big Swole? 'Cause I haven't seen her in a while. I don't know if she got cut from AEW or not, but
1: Oh oh, Big Swole. Still- oh, uh, that was there's still a huge controversy on how TK let her go. I mean, I, I think a lot of us still have not forgiven him for the way he mm-hmm. did Big Swole. And it was like a couple of years ago, but basically he he let her go was like she really wasn't like that in the ring, which is a lie. but you know TK isn't a wrestling guy so he he don't know what good in the ring really is I don't think so you know but yeah Willow is all elite so let's see what he does with her but also on the AEW uh, speculation mill which is pretty much all they've been pretty good for over the last few weeks Mm -hmm. CM Punk (laughs) is supposedly being bought out of his contract Now, Now, of course, if you've been watching AEW, you have not seen CM Punk since the All Out, the review a few months ago. Now, there was the infamous uh, press junket after the competition where he made some comments that, you know, kind of pissed some people off. Most notably, the elite, who are also EVPs of the company. And there was a big uh, brawl backstage, apparently. Right. So he hasn't been on TV since then. So there's talk of him being bought out. And of course, you know what that means. People are throwing WWE around already. But I I I I think he's just take his millions, sit sit in the house, and just chill. You know, you no, don't try to don't try to do nothing with WWE. Don't don't even try to do that. So <laughs> but like I said, this is all speculation. So, you know, we'll have to keep you up keep everyone updated on that one. But uh, moving to New Japan, uh, New Japan actually has a couple of big events coming up this weekend. Uh, one being Rumble on 44th Street, which they plan to have in at the Palladium in New York City, Times Square. So it's going to be a two-night event, and there's going to be a couple of talents uh, that's going to be there. More notably, El Fantasmo facing Shinno Takagi for the King of Pro Wrestling 2022 match, which will be a New York Street fight. Type of match. So, never seen Shingo in a match like that. So, that should be really interesting. And then next, we have Eddie Kingston teaming up with Kazuchika Okada going up against Bullet Club's Jay White and Juice Robinson. So, that should be really good. But also, another wrestling promotion called House of Glory is also holding an Exodus event featuring a lot of the same New Japan talent like Shingo, El Fantasmo, the Briscoe Brothers. So that should be really, really good. Um, But finally, on the wrestling front, um, I do want to briefly talk about Carl Anderson. He's pulled probably one of the biggest wrestling moves I've probably seen in a very long time. Now, for those that are familiar with Carl Anderson, um, you know that he has a history with both New Japan and WWE. Started his career with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then after a while, he got a deal with WWE, he and Doc Gallows. So they left to, you know, pursue greener pastures. But it didn't work out too well the first time around. Now, of course, this is under the Vince McMahon regime. So, you know, they were let go. Um, earlier this year, they popped back up and they were with Impact Wrestling, and they were Impact Tag Team Champions. But then they made their way back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, where Carl Anderson ultimately picked up the Never Open Weight Championship, which he currently holds today. Um, which is really interesting, considering he just resigned with WWE. So he never dropped that title, meaning he left New Japan with their title and went to their biggest competition.
4: <laughs> wow. So he Pretty fleeced them. That's crazy
1: pretty much what Vince screwed Brett over at the Montreal Mm -hmm. School Job. Like, you're not going to my competition with my title. You will not do that. So, (laughs) somehow, Carl Anderson managed to do that. And what makes this even more funnier is the fact that he's double booked on November 5th for WWE's Crown Jewel event and for New Japan's Battle Autumn show in Osaka, Japan. Now, I don't know if he's got some clone or some twin out there that's mm. gonna show up at one of these shows for him. I don't know how he planned to do this. However, it was stated that President Obari of New Japan is confident that Anderson will show up for his New Japan date. I don't think so. <laughs> he, <ain't calling> <laughs> he he yeah, he's not ditching that crown jewel show to go back to Japan, unfortunately. Um, exactly. So, is he burning bridges or is this just a part of business? I think that's the bigger question here. So, I, I don't know. What What do you guys think
4: about this?
3: I I think he honestly didn't think that he would get picked up with the WWE again. So, he kind of like, you know, played both sides. And it's working mm-hmm. out in his favor, but now he has to make like an executive decision. Like, you know what? Like, right. I, I have to Make sure because I mean Carl Anderson's a decent wrestler, but mm-hmm. he would be first on the chopping block for me for budget cuts. Like he would just for me just with WWE. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you know what? He he's not gonna be here long. Like that that was right. fun while it lasted. You know, once the little the OC thing because he's the dude from the OC, right? So I'm assuming right, like, right. He, he's not going he's not long for WWE and. Mm-hmm once they realize like the oc thing is cool now but it's like y'all ran with that for two years before and now they're running it back again Mm
4: -hmm. like
3: he'll be on a chopping block again and it's because they're like glorified uh valets so i'm hoping that you know he just does honor that because he's he's really Mm -hmm. not needed at crown jewel so i fully expect you know triple h to say you can go to that event will make it so in the match, like I, shit, they can't even do that because it's like the OC versus, um, the other, right. Versus the judgment yeah. day? Yeah. So uh, unless he, like they do some behind the scenes thing where it's like, okay, he accidentally gets injured, you know, in the mm-hmm. back, but he's not, he's not the important piece to the OC. It'd be different if it was, you know, what's the name, but since mm-hmm. it's him, it's like, no, you just have to show up now. I personally feel like he's definitely burnt that bridge and there's no coming back from that.
4: So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: it's just a wait and see approach. But yeah, he's fucked either way.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because it kind of speaks to a loyalty issue that New Japan has been battling with, I would say for the past maybe five, 10 years. Um, You know, different talent, more notably Tetsuya Naito has really come out in criticism of new japan and the way they like to uh quote-unquote celebrate you know yep. the talent who leave and go to wwe like he he doesn't understand that at all because new japan always gets a short end of the stick, always so they they mm-hmm. lost shinsuke they gave him this big send-off they lost aj styles they gave him this big send-off and then you know doc and then you know carl anderson walked out with their title so i'm pretty sure he's sitting around looking at them like i told you so like why -hmm. do you keep rewarding these guys but you know like i said we'll just have to see how that goes um
4: i want to see what they actually
3: do
1: i want to see like
3: is there going to be some backlash to that because that's a little bit ridiculous and I, i get like you know some people still feel like lessons like real you know what i mean like when it comes to like you know the different brands and stuff but
4: Mm -hmm.
3: yeah you 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 have to atone for that like that's something that you just can't do and i I almost can guarantee like he knew this was going to happen when triple h Mm -hmm. called him up like he knew this and he said you know what these dates i can't do and right unlike vince i feel like triple h was like all right cool we can accommodate that but he didn't yeah Mm -hmm. so Again, just another way to screw him. So it's really messed up.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I'm actually kind of surprised that even Triple H would kind of go along with that. I I would think that Triple H would have said, you know, you know, just like you said, like, yeah, you know, I yeah, we definitely want you back, but you gotta fulfill your obligations first because we don't want to be dragged into anything. You know, if you don't show up, we don't want to be dragged into anything. You know, and like I said, WWE is new japan's competition uh wwe a few times has had to has tried to establish a foothold in japan no- notably with nxt you know japan so um i i don't know it, I, or who knows maybe everybody's in on it who knows this is all you know a conversation that you know we're having right now on the pod we, we know mm-hmm. we're speculating you know so who knows? Maybe, maybe they know. Maybe they're brokering some sort of deal, which, you know, maybe another type of forbidden door, which would be huge in one way, but on the other hand, I, it makes me fearful for New Japan because being, you know, WWE is so big, you know, I, I don't know how New Japan really kind of come out on top on that.
4: Agree.
1: Yeah. But, that's that's all on the wrestling front. Uh, back to you, Q.
0: All right, all right, all right. Um, thank you for that update. Um, looking forward to the Melody Mat coming off the of hiatus. Um, and you're giving the masses and everyone who listens to our show all of the in-depth insights on in the world of wrestling when you all come back soon. So, looking definitely yes. looking forward to that. Definitely looking forward to that. All right, let's talk to the NFL. This week was a shit show, an absolute shit show. And the first thing I want to talk about is I know Lou and Greg both have all the smoke for Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. His father time is calling their names, he is calling them loud. And yeah, he's having a conversation with both of them because they both suck this weekend. Oh, where do I start? We had the Tampa Bay Brady News playing the the worst team in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers this week this weekend, in week seven. And not only did the Panthers beat the beat the Buccaneers, they beat them. They beat the brakes off of them. This is a this is a Buccaneers, this is a Carolina Panthers team, not, not the Buccaneers. This is a Carolina Panthers team that fired their head coach last week, traded their best offensive player in Christian McCaffrey, and they showed the fuck up and showed the fuck out against the, against the Buccaneers, beating them 21-3. to In contrast, we have these... Green Bay Packers coming into Washington, my Commanders, and in the by the end of the third quarter, Aaron Rodgers only had hundred yards passing. He got a jump touchdown by Aaron by Aaron Jones, but he allowed Taylor Heineken. Greg, I got to give you support on that. Taylor Heineken came in, got his first win of the season, his first start of the season. Uh, in relief of the injured, in relief of the injured Carson Wentz, he had a disastrous first quarter when he threw a pick six and only had you know, 10 yards passing and a passive rating of zero. When he came back, he threw a touchdown to Antonio Gibson, a toe-tap touchdown to Antonio Gibson, with back the end zone, and he took the lead by throwing a touchdown, a beautiful touchdown throw, to Terry McLaurin. Bring the smoke. Bring the smoke. Here we go.
3: All right. So, I know y'all are sick of hearing this because I'm sick of saying it. I'm tired of being right. Uh, (laughs) It's actually good now. It's good that I'm saying this because when I'm wrong, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, I'm absolutely wrong. But boy, Q tried to convince me that Taylor Heineke was not the guy for Washington. And boy.
0: I never said that. I never said mm-hmm.
3: that. I, Lou, know. You were, you, I never You were on the show that. when he said that. He said that said he didn't that. believe he would get it done. He said that just last week. And I said, I did not, he's come I did in not there.
0: say I did not say that.
3: Mm-hmm. I did not say okay. that. I
0: agreed okay. with you when, okay. I, when, when you said Taylor Heineke is going to leave him to four in a row. That mm-hmm. was my apprehension. Okay, that was my well, apprehension. But I go
3: ahead. With, with that, with that being said, Q, um, have have you looked at the next three games? Yes, they play the Colts. Who, who?
0: Breaking news: Matt mm-hmm. Ryan has been benched for the season with Sam Allinger taking over as quarterback for the rest of the season. Um, so that's a win. They have in two weeks. They play. Kirk Cousins at Trash
4: X. Okay. Wake and, it up. That's, th- that's and, three games in a row. Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, that would be four. No, because if we, if we
3: have, Yeah, so well, it would be four in a row. But let's go to the next game because I, I want to hear this. I want to hear it. I want to hear it.
0: So the next game they play, I believe, the Eagles again?
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Notice what I said. Let me, let me go ahead and <laughs> adjust my, my, my attitude. Um, cause I'm, I'm feeling away. Now my picks aren't doing so well when it comes to the fantasy picks, but that's because I always doubt myself and pick the opposite of what I said on the show. And then I regret it every single week. Um, except for this week, cause I said Washington was going to be Green Bay and here we are. <sighs> Washington's looking halfway. Cognizant. They're almost sober. Um, and seeing Chase Young look like he wants to get back on field, the defense looking healthy, offense looking halfway healthy. Um, more importantly, Carson Wentz not starting. Yeah. I like Washington. I don't like them more than the Jets. I'm going to get there in a second, but I want them to win four straight. And the reason why is the NFC East has gotten exposed this week. The Eagles look good they look like they can convince people that they're going to get into the playoffs the and, and didn't go
0: play this week. They were right. exact,
3: exact, exactly. That's why I'm saying these things. Let, let me, let me go with this Q. Let me go with this <laughs> because all, all Q. And I, I lied to you, not everybody swears up and down. Like the Eagles are the, the team. They're the elite. And it's like, yeah, they're on a buy and nobody talked about them. Nobody said, you know what? The NFC East is, you know, it's still run by the Eagles. People saying nah, Giants got it. And now people are saying, you know what? Washington got it. You know, the, the common denominator with them is Washington's the healthiest team when they get two players back. There's a the better team when they get two players back. They also have a schedule that's indicative of going through two of the NFC East's best teams for the moment. And also, both of those teams haven't played somebody like Washington and convincingly beat them. Can I say didn't the New York Jets almost hand the Eagles their first loss
2: of the season? The, the New York Jets. Hmm. I don't even do, right. I don't even know have the Jets played the Eagles. Yeah. No. They,
3: no.
2: I mean, they, we don't. We, do the we do not play.
0: We do not. Who did they? I mean, the AFC East season.
3: No. Who did? Who did the Jets play week one and lost? Because I, I might be confusing two teams. Detroit. Because. So it was Detroit. So Detroit almost won that first game against the Eagles. right? I knew it was one of the teams that everybody swears is losers and they just somehow are winning games. Now, Detroit, they might not get to five games and it's nobody's fault but the coaches. The coach, he I I don't have an excuse. I just I don't see it anymore. I was wrong in that pick. But the goddamn Jets absolutely we're gonna keep riding this train even without you know with the major injury and everything we are gonna keep riding that train until the wheels fall off but Washington um when and if we go to this Minnesota Vikings game the reason why I want them to win is because Kirk Cousins is coming home and I want a quarterback who honestly has a chip on his shoulder he has the original quarterback that everybody wanted to stay in Washington he's playing against him and there's the week after people are going to be like oh well win or lose like we need Carson Wentz back on the field so this is a show improved game for Taylor Heineke. This is a game where it's like, you know what, if he can beat um, if he can beat Carson Wentz out for the job by beating the former quarterback for Washington, he owns that job for the rest of the season. It, it feels different watching Washington play when he's on the field. Also, I didn't notice until I saw it on the screen on an ESPN ticker. You know he's the only quarterback who has like there's like a completion rate of like the the hardest throws. The Terry McLaurin thro- uh, touchdown throw that he threw on Sunday apparently only had a 19% chance of actually being completed, and he did it. Those next gen stats, those next
0: gen stats. I will say this. I will say this Go ahead. about Taylor Heineke. He has a more grasp of the offense because he played under. Garbage ass Scott, Scott Turner last year,
4: mm-hmm. but
0: he had the chemistry that he has with Terry McLaurin. Because Terry McLaurin had a career year last year.
4: Yep,
3: you see it. Yep, I I just can't wait. I just don't want Washington to let you down, Q. And the reason why I say that is because
0: you down, should have be let down. They've been letting me down the last twenty three years under the ownership of Daniel him Snyder.
3: You know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Q. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to take a pause for the calls, if you if you don't mind, before we get into the next game, because I'm definitely going to talk Go about Aaron Rodgers after. Um, th- this is going to Miami Choppers. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. I tried to fucking tell you. Now, if by the grace of God your guy, um, Ramondre Stevenson gets three touchdowns and beats me convincingly, I will also have to just show you that, sir, you do not know how to pick your players. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I wanted to make it crystal clear, I want to make it known. Like right now, I'm up 132.62 to 112. 18 he is predicted to have 120 which i'm like i can live with um most notably i had tampa bay's defense going against carolina they gave me one point he had dallas going against detroit had 22 points right justin tucker gave me 13 points ryan sucker gave him three we're not talking about those players um if brian robinson would have scored that touchdown we wouldn't even be talking right now i would just message in the group like ha gotcha right also justin herbert literally lost to the Seattle Seahawks, which I don't want to talk about because I don't know what's wrong in you know the Chargers like land, but he had Dak Prescott that he picked up off waivers. The moment so,
0: that's what that's
3: happened to the Chargers. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. But Q, you remember just last week on this show, I told John what his plays should be. I said, you don't even have a quarterback to play against me this week. And you know what he did? he went and got Dak Prescott. Yes, he did.
2: Well, Dak Prescott he, was just, re- oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and when he did pick him up, I laughed my ass off. Yep. You gonna pick, you're going to pick up Dak Prescott, like he's going to come in and, like after, what, five, six weeks off? Exactly. And, and then exactly. light it up? I don't think exactly. so. Exactly.
3: But again, this goes to people who only pick players for name recognition. Now, in three weeks, if Dak is healthy, which I still think he's not going to be healthy like completely for the rest of the season, because that injury took Russ off the fucking Seahawks, and he ended up going to Denver. And he's been stinking it up there as well. So, and mind you, Dak is just injury after injury after injury after injury. And if it's not him, guess what? Ezekiel Elliott is injured. CeeDee Lamb is broken up. Michael Gallup is questionable every week. You got da- uh, Dawson Schultz, who every week he's questionable until they actually play. So his lineup, which if you looked at names, you'd be like, you know what? I should win this league. Dak Prescott, Mike Evans, Michael Gallup, Keenan Allen, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, George Kittle, Ramondre Stevenson, Ryan Suckup, Dallas's defense, right? Then you look at his bench. It's like, oh, well, he made all those fucking trades. Brandon Ayuk, Cortland Sutton, David Montgomery, Josh uh, Josh Allen, who's clearly the the QB one. I feel like he's wasting sitting on his team because next week he is predicted. If I can go to next week's schedule, actually, I won't even do that. Let me just get to the rest of the lineup. He has Gerald Everett. He has um, Pierce from the Colts who he just picked up because he realized he didn't have a receiver. And then who else is there? Oh, and Buffalo's defense. So roughly he went on either ESPN's ticker and said, like, who are the best players in the league right now? But he was the expert, right? Let me just tell you. (laughs) I said these things last week on the episode and God, I hate being right. Lou, you know for a fact I hate doing this, but I have to brag sometimes because the shit is so beautiful. It's poetic, even. Shoot shoot your shit. Shoot your shit, man. it, it It is fucking poetic because he tried to tell me that Travis attend was the name. Uh, Travis from Jacksonville. He was like, "Yeah, um, etn, etn." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, he's garbage." And I was like, "He's also the running back one." And this is even with James Robinson, right? And then we find out, guess what? James Robinson is going where? To the Jets. And then that makes who a uh, running back one again? Travis, right? Then right, I said. You know, after, you know, the Christian McCaffrey thing, I said, I don't know if I said it in this group, but I know I said it to a group. I was like, Deontay Foreman is the guy. It's not Cooper Hubbard. I want to say I said it with Q. I, I'm not sure where, who I said it with, but I definitely said Deontay Foreman was the guy because Cooper Hubbard isn't the guy at all. He had 15 rushes for 118 yards. For Carolina, right? Mind you. -hmm. This is what my this is what my bench looks like. It's disgusting. It's fucking. I hate looking at my lineup. I have a spoiler (laughs) riches. (laughs) I have Lou. I have a fucking spoiler riches, and it's it's Uh, disgusting. And the the reason why I say this, let me let me go to
2: my lineup really quick because I I hate it, Lou. It's it's just sick. Let let, let me just (laughs) let me just throw this in there. Just while you're looking at your lineup, your bench. I just want to say. Um, I, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm going to congratulate Q right now because his team literally whooped my team's ass. Um, <laughs> a, a, unless New England's defense gets me 40 points, which I don't see happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm done. I, I started the raw running backs this week. Yeah, started two Q of my other win- running backs. Yeah, Q, he might Q's might got league. a, a good ass team, man. He's got a really yeah. good ass team. He has, I'll say his team real quick, and then I'll go to
3: why I was going to land about in my lineup. So, yes, Joe Burrow, Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, George, uh, what's his name? George Pickens. You have him. You have A.J. Dillon. You have Josh Jacobs, who left Earth on Sunday. Travis Kelsey, and you have Tony Pollard. On his bench, he has Gabriel Davis, Cooper Cup. Uh, Cam Akers, he's going to have to get rid of Cam Akers this week because he's definitely, you know. He's not even playing
2: anymore right now. Yeah, Yeah. not
3: playing at all. He has fucking Devontae Smith. He has Russell Wilson, you know, whatever. He has David Njoku. He has Josh Dotson, uh, uh, Tyler Lockett. Oh, wow. Shit. And he has um, Cordell Patterson. He has a solid team. He has a solid solid team. Yeah, now, mind you, he, he lost Russ for like four weeks. He lost David and Joku for six. Uh, Josh Dodson, when he comes back in next week, that's easy. But he's, he never has to start half of these people because his fucking lineup is going to be every week Joe Burrow, Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, uh, Cooper Cup. He's going to have. Uh, Josh Jacobs, and he can honestly start, for me, in my personal opinion, he can start A.J. Dillon, because I feel like they don't use Aaron Jones properly at all. Wow. Travis Kelsey, and then he has for Flex, he can put in Gabriel Davis, or he can put in Devontae Smith every week.
2: Right. <laughs> solid lineup. Hey, solid Ooh, lineup. Yeah. I do want to tell hey, you Go ahead. Go ahead. Now,
0: and, and Yahoo gave me a C-minus in this draft. Exactly. Exactly.
3: That's, that's proof that you can't predict at the beginning of the season what's going to happen every given week. Now, kid, we hear a lot of background noise. I'm gonna, thank you. So I'm going to get back to this lineup really quick. Because I feel like I'm, I'm pretty impressed with my lineup of how it looks and what it's going to be. So my lineup. Oh, boy. Um, Justin Herbert. C.D. Lamb. I told you always questionable. You got Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Austin Eckler, who I'm still on the fence about, even though he gave me 30 points, which means he's going to be on a decline. And I'm going to try to get him and trade him right now while he's high. And the reason why I say that he's also playing for the Chargers. So there's that. Brian Robinson, Jr., who I think is producing. I ended up benching Kyle Pitts for Pat move which is crazy, because everybody's mm. like, Greg, why the fuck would you want to do that? I'm sorry, uh, TJ Hawkinson, because he's on my bench. I benched TJ Hawkinson oh. for Pat Fairmouth, because I feel like everybody thought Pickens was going to be uh, Kenny's, like, blanket. No, it's Pat. Without without a doubt. Nine targets, eight receptions, 75 yards, he's the guy. And then you got Jalen Waddle. Then when you look at my bench, you're like, okay, like, great. like, how, how the fuck are you doing this, and why are you doing this, right? So, I told you TJ Hawkinson. I got Chris Godwin. Um, Drake London, I'm not sure about. And the reason why it's any other team, like if you would have played for Tennessee, he would have ended up like being the wide receiver one. He's playing for the Falcons and I don't know what the fuck they're doing in Atlanta. So you got that. Also forgot that I had Dalvin Cook on by this week. So that's my wide receiver, uh, my running back one. Deontay Johnson. I have Travis, like I told you about. I have Deontay Foreman. And I have Gus Edwards. Now, a little clue Ooh. into things that, just a little clue of things that I do in fantasy. This is a little clue. And I want people to actually pick this up and just take it for what it is. Right. I look at pl- like players I can stash. So if I know that person will be back in two weeks, I go get that motherfucker today. And just put him on IR. And the reason why I do that is because Gus Edwards, people are like, great. Why the fuck do you have Gus Edwards for five weeks for Sunday? 16 rushes, 66 yards, two touchdowns and one target. That's why. Greg, why do you go and get, you know, Jamison Williams? He's going to be a wide receiver one in a week. So in the event that any of my receivers go down, I have a number one receiver again every week. Then Elijah Mitchell, I'm going to end up having to drop him because now Christian McCaffrey is in San Francisco. Um, There's no need for him. I think they're a little bit too stacked in San Francisco, but whatever. And even though they have an offensive line that's terrible, Kyron Williams for the L.A. Rams, he is going to have a big role because just like I told Q, guess what? Cam uh, Cam Akers is out and the other dude, Daryl Henderson, everybody knows he's garbage. So there is that. All I want to say to like wrap this up is South Florida Riders had 55.7 points this week. He had Jalen Hurts on by, Stephon Diggs on by, Mike Williams is doubtful because he'll be out for a few weeks, Miles Sanders on by, Dallas Goddard is on by, and he has James Robinson in his flex. Now, next week, unfortunately, he has to ride with that same lineup because guess what? Fuck that team. He's locked. He's locked. And um, <laughs> that means he cannot start Derrick Henry, Romelo Dobbs, I'm sorry, Romeo Dobbs, Kareem Hunt, Derek Carr, uh, Devin DuVernay from Baltimore, Tyler Higbee, or Jerry Judy. He can't start any of those players anymore. All those players cannot be started.
2: Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Can he still make trades or no? He can't make make trades. He can't change the lineup.
3: That lineup is dead for the rest of the season. Now, if anything were to happen injury-wise, guess what? He's fucked. Now, I offered this before, before we completely locked the team, was you know what? We'll put it up for an auction. We'll put players up for an auction and you know, do like the waiver order thing, and you have to pick who you want to right. pick, right? Because we already know he has Jalen Hurts, Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, Mike Williams. So you already know everybody's gonna go and try to get Jamar Chase one week. And then you know I'm sorry, we'll pick one. Then waiver order number two is gonna be Diggs. People probably would have picked Mike Williams, then it would have been uh, Leonard Fournette. But then it would have been Derek. Actually, no. Derek Henry would have been number one. He had too many I don't people know. that he I, I think
2: people probably would have uh, what Jalen Hurts over Derek Henry. I think. Okay, well then
3: that's fair. I can see if we had the okay. top the, the top three, I would say it would be Jalen Hurts, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, and then people would have got Derek Henry's fourth because they're be like, you know what? M- most of the people in this league have a solid running back. And even though Derrick Henry is clearly like a top five back, he also has a tough schedule. And I mean, you're not picking Derrick Henry ahead of them, knowing what you know now this season, you know, seven weeks in. You're definitely going to get you a a receiver that can complement the quarterback that you're playing with. So, Stephon Diggs, obviously, you know, Jamar Chase, obviously, and Jalen Hurst because of the schedule, right? Everybody else would have been like, all right, cool. I'm just glad to get them. But the question is, all of us have solid teams Who are you willing to drop that somebody else is going to pick up? Because I'm the sniper in this league. Somebody's going to drop somebody and I'm going to get their ass. I'm going after them. So all all I will land with is that, um, yeah, that team is locked. We ain't going to do anything with that. That team is just going to be what it is for the rest of the season. If it makes it into the playoffs and wins, guess what? The league wins. Again, this is why people do not play fantasy football with like money with cheaters. So I'll leave that there. Now let's get to the, the the man of the hour. Um Aaron Rodgers. This one's for you. This bud for you. Um I said last week, if he lost in Washington, which I predicted that he would, we have to start having this discussion. And I even posed the question of, and I said this on Twitter after the show. I said, who is having the worst, you know, who had the worst regression? Aaron Rodgers. Or Drew Brees. I'm personally still going to go with Drew Brees because even though he's had solid stats, Aaron Rodgers went from being an MVP to just having a bad team. But when I say bad team, meaning he didn't have his wide receiver one. Now, someone would say, why didn't Green Bay go and get somebody else, you know, to compliment that team, to compliment Green Bay, which I think Hewitt said this. Nobody wants to play with Aaron Rodgers. Not anymore. <laughs> Nobody does. Like, th- think about all the trades that people are potentially talking about. Like, fucking Deshaun Jackson just came back and said, "You know what? I, I want to play for an elite quarterback," and went with Lamar Jackson, who's not going to pass to him. We know this. He's just going to be right. on a good, a, a good bad team. He just went to fucking uh, what's his name, Green Bay because he knew the off- he knows the offense. There's kind of run the similar how it was in Philly. I was running, you know, and uh, what's name in Washington. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out. Is Aaron Rodgers the problem or is the coach the problem? And I can only say it has to be Aaron Rodgers because. It can't be the coach's fault for your decisions every week. Aaron Rodgers is still the one throwing the ball, even though he has the playbook. And I think they had that thing in his contract where like he has like total control of the playbook. So he gets to design the plays as he wants, you know, and how he deems fit. So when it comes to regression, I still say Drew Brees. But boy, we have to start talking about Aaron Rodgers, because if he goes and he wins, if he was five and two right now, we would be saying, "Oh, he's MVP caliber. He, you know, he can't be touched, and he's the best quarterback in the league outside of Josh Allen right now." But nobody's saying what is the truth. Aaron Rodgers not only has regressed; it's proven now that Aaron Rodgers cannot get it done alone. So exactly. was it a so was it a bad decision for him not to go to San Francisco? Probably, but. It's been really quiet from people like Stephen A. Smith, people like uh, Chris Collinsworth, like all those people who literally had their thumb up Aaron Rodgers' ass all fucking career. Even the MVP season, even leading into this season, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to get it done, we'll prove that Devontae Adams, you know, he's going to be the loser in this trade. It's not fucking looking like it. It's not looking like it. He's still producing numbers. in fucking, you know, Vegas that he was producing there. And here's the thing, he ha- they have three other options to throw to in Vegas. They have Darren Waller, they have uh Hunter Winfro, and they got Josh Jacobs in the backfield. And he's still producing numbers. So that I I'll i land with that really quick and I'm just gonna go into Tom Brady and then I'm just gonna give the floor to you and uh Cashley and uh Q this guy tom brady i know people are putting it on the divorce people are putting it on all the things except for his piss poor production um the arm's gone the arm is definitely gone i don't want to say he's distracted or if he's just playing like differently the arm is just gone when you know you know and we can see it it's it's hard watching because as somebody who's like followed brady pretty much like half my life playing football it's like you know what it's hard to just admit that it's over and Brady can't admit that it's over until he loses in the playoffs, if they even get that far. Um, was Giselle right? Probably. Um, but another thing that people are failing to actually like mention, his head coach hasn't done shit to make that team better. He's a defensive-minded coach, like a coach and with that much offense, they should not be Down by two touchdowns in the first half, especially when your defense is the one that's not getting it done. So we need to start talking about one: what are we going to? What pieces are we going to move in order to make this team better? And two: is the coach somebody that's worth firing in order to just let Brady be free with an interim coach for the
2: remainder of the season?
4: But that's not escape. Go
2: ahead. I was just gonna say, I guarantee you. They'll put it on the coach. Um, Mm -hmm. It's Tom Brady. Yep, they're not going to say anything. Well, I mean, some people will say, you know, yeah, he's he's forty five. His arm isn't there no more. Blah blah blah. Uh, He threw a pretty, like a really pretty pass to Mike Evans yesterday, and Evans just straight up dropped it. It was it was an automatic touchdown if he'd caught it. But I guarantee you, that's what's going to happen. They're going to put it on the head coach. Mm. They need to. We, they need. They need to figure out
3: something because this team—they just—they don't look right. But it's not just Brady's fault. They, they have to figure the shit out. But I mean, time I mean, will tell. I would just say this: um, at forty-five, Tom Brady is doing better than Aaron Rodgers has done this year I I just want to leave with that because nobody's talking about this shit I guarantee if Green Bay wins this week convincingly like 42 to 20 or some shit and everybody's acting like Aaron Rodgers is like the greatest fucking quarterback of the week we're like yo did we not forget that like Washington last week Are, are we forgetting that shit and they are because it's fucking Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers can literally win one game out of four and they so, say, you know what? But he played good, the, you know, that one game. That's like you, you realize that's not how mathematics works, right? Like you just can't use one arbitrary numbers if like that's going to be the end all be all with this guy. But only he gets that, like you know, he gets that like help from the media, which I think is fucking ridiculous. I'm I'm honestly sick of it. So uh, again, long story less long. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. For Greg, I'm just not fond of y'all anymore. I am a fan, and it's sad to see how y'all are going out. But I wish y'all the best in all of your endeavors in the future. Because right now, when it comes to what y'all are doing, not looking pretty. I want no parts, none,
2: zero. What about y'all? How y'all feel? Um, Tom Brady. Uh, like I said, they'll they'll blame the coach. Uh, uh, he's forty five years old. And another thing that they've been saying all year: his offensive line, a bunch of new starters. Uh, one of, uh, I think, two of the starters are gone for the season with injuries. Another one retired. Um, other than that, you got Chris Godwin. You got Mike Evans. Um, you know they could probably use Cameron Brayton, in the offense a little bit more than what they do. Uh, you so got don't Leonard. Get and, and oh, Leonard Cornette
0: is only averaging three and a half yards to carry. When, last year, he was at know, 4.8. Then, that
2: goes back to the offensive line. That's Makeshift, whatever, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, Tom Brady, he's... Hmm, I, I don't understand it because he has nothing left to prove. Like, literally has nothing left to prove. Unless he's like trying to like win Giselle back or some shit, I don't know. But I I could literally see by by like Thanksgiving, if if they don't win again, if they lose three, four, five games
4: in a row, Brady will take the easy way out and retire again. I can see it happening. Uh, And as far as Aaron Rodgers, he has no excuse. His only excuse is, "Oh, I don't have Devontae Adams." Okay, well, you got three, four other,
2: you know, receivers to use. You got a pretty damn good tight end in Tanya. You know, you're going to sit there and see. That's why I don't like Aaron Rodgers. He lays the blame on other people, where he hardly, like I have, I can see maybe a handful of times where he's taking the blame for a loss. Other than that, it's we got to play better we got to do this or, you know, guys got to, you know, hold on to the ball, blah, 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 blah. You know, you're running that team, brother.
4: So, uh, you know, it all starts with you. I'm going to stop right there. Go ahead, Q. Okay, so we had uh, Aaron
0: Rodgers and his role after the game against the commander's yesterday on Sunday saying uh, this is actually – Good for the team
4: because there's no way no
0: way uh no way to go but uh like okay, yeah, sure. Brady he should have stayed retired. I blame everything that's going on in Tampa Bay on Tampa Bay. It's there it's the organization's fault. One one it, you have well, for me, I have a fire truck running by. Please go by fast. <laughs> um, you replace Bruce Arians. Fulton as he may be, he is an offensive guru, and and and, and, and I know the argument's going to come. Oh, they retain um, uh, Byron Lethbridge as the offensive coordinator, of course. But. For all the good that Byron Leftwich has done in those two in the, in the two years before this season as the offensive coordinator of the Buccaneers, we know who was running the fucking show. It was Bruce Arians, right? You <clears throat> replace him with a defensive-minded head coach, Todd Bowles. A Todd, Todd Bowles. You can argue that he didn't get a fair shake in with the Jets, and that is very, very arguable. But he is still a defensive minded head coach that had maybe one season of success in the NFL as the head coach of the Jets. Point, needless to say, every coordinator, every hot coordinator is not head coach worthy. Look at Denver with Nathaniel Hackett, case in point. Ty Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. Ty Bowles is not a great head coach. He, 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 I, it should, I don't know what... you just don't have it. They didn't... They knew they were going to lose some players in free agency because they wanted to resign everybody. And then you also can't discount... You can't also can't discount the loss of uh, Rob Gronkowski of Gronk to that offense even though he was in a limited role that was Brady's best friend you also can't discount and I know he did this to himself Antonio Brown the head case that he is (laughs) and you replace him with Julio Jones um. Someone tell me the last time Julio played more than eleven games in the season.
2: Well, there was a latest Super Bowl year, I guess.
0: That was that's, four that's years ago.
2: Yeah,
4: that was I five, know.
0: Four or five years ago. That was four or five years ago. Especially when you have who's argue, who arguably is the wide receiver one for the Buccaneers, Chris Godwin, coming back from an ACL injury that he suffered in November, the end of November, early December. We see what we see what Odell Beckham went through. Now with double torn ACLs, the first one, it took him how long to get back? Eleven months. It took him even longer. It took him, a, it took him that season plus the next one. To get back to the, get back close. 60% close to the Odell Beckham that we knew. You got Mike Evans. Yes, he puts up numbers, when he doesn't score and he's a fucking hair case.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: He's a fucking hair case. So, you got a suspect offense. A suspect offense led Now, by a defensive-minded head coach, by a defensive-minded head coach that is going to be risk-adverse because, he oh, my defense, my defense can shut the door. But when the offense is not holding up their end of the bargain, that puts even more pressure on the defense to pitch a perfect game. And eventually, when you you bend and you bend and you bend and you bend, you eventually break, and that's what happened to the that's what happened to the Brady Bears on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. The defense broke. The offense ain't heralding up. they end of the bargain. Special teams is shaky. The defense, yes, they number. They were going into Week Seven. They were like the third or fourth ranked offense in the, defense in the league. They broke. They broke. And even with that stout defense, the secondary in Tampa Bay is suspect. Suspect like a bitch. So this is Tampa Bay's fault. You can put a lot on Tom Brady, and he's deserving of a lot of blame. But it's the organization's fault. It's the organization's fault. Kevin Bay needs to understand it's over. It's time to break up the band. It's time to t- tell it's time to tell Tom Brady, hey, we got a okay backup and, and, and blame Gabbard. You have nothing to prove. You're you are a you are a first ballot, and, and I, I, honestly I see the NFL changing his rules when Brady finally retires where he gets eligible after 1 year. I see the Hall of Fame doing that. He, <clears> he is a he is a first year eligible Hall of Famer. The goat, the greatest of all time. You don't think that, you don't think you don't think Cadell is is going to argue to the to the Hall of Fame. Hey, let him in after his first year.
2: I could see that happening easily. Yeah. Um, and let me add let me add this, you know, little fuel to the fire. Also, this this didn't just start like yesterday. This happened last week when the Pittsburgh Steelers beat Brady and the Buccaneers with every one of our starting secondary out and without line. Well, Man. we we haven't had TJ Watt without, either.
0: I, I know, I know, but we got to throw that in there without TJ Watt. Okay. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett getting injured, and he have to go against Mitchell Fucking Trubisky.
2: Yeah, that was crazy. So, but they, yeah, that's all I wanted to add to that. That's all.
0: No, 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 that's fine. I, I, I mean, that, that's a great argument, great yeah. argument. But yeah, this 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 debacle. And it is truly a debacle because <clears throat> uh, have you looked at Atlanta? Yeah, flawed team, but they're winning. <laughs> have you looked at New Orleans? They they flamed out against the against the against the Cardinals. They flamed out against the Cardinals, but guess who's coming back in a couple of weeks? Michael Thomas, hopefully he's healthy, and James interception, and James interception. Even the no, we can't say the we can't say the, the Panthers. They suck, but that is a winnable division for New Orleans and for Atlanta, because Atlanta is going to short is going to cancel out Marcus Mariota's Watson and flaws, which he has many of them. Where everyone thought that Tampa Bay was going to run away with this division this year. Nine games will probably win that division this year.
2: And it might be... Every, everyone in that division has a losing record.
0: Exactly. As I said, they do not... So the NFC South really honestly looks like the NFC East in the past couple of years.
4: Where I, was just, I was literally just going to say that.
0: With seven games oh. or even eight games. Which this year, because, which this year, you know, with the advent of the 17 game schedule, that's a losing record. Eight and nine. Seven and 10 might win that division. Seven and 10 might win that division this year. Very eight, and nine. eight and nine might win that division this year. Nine and eight might win that division this year.
2: And don't be don't be surprised in Atlanta either if they bench Mariota and, and get uh, Desmond Ritter. Someday. And Desmond Ritter in the game, too, too. yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, this could be a... Like, the NFC South could be won by a team with seven to nine wins.
4: Yep. Yes.
0: You can say the same thing about the NFC North. I mean, not the NFC North. The NFC, the NFC West... Where Seattle and comeback story of the year, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks now lead the division at four and three. Who thought that? Who thought that? You might have a there might be a situation this year where the NFC East might get all four teams in the playoffs. All four.
4: Yep. Yep.
0: All four. And the only reason the other the other teams get in because they won because they won quote unquote hashtag won their division, but everyone else in the everyone else in the division sucks.
4: Can I say this really quickly?
0: The rest of the NFC, the, the rest of the NFC.
3: Really quick. Mike so, Mike, the greatest rock in sports. He he's not up to snuff. I like him. I think he's really good for our team, but boy, he is not getting it done, and I'm very disappointed. That's all I want to say.
4: But you,
0: but you know what? I do see. I do see great things coming to Arizona because Nuke is back. Luke has I, I'll, the, I'll wait. Duke has the ability to shadow and, and 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 hide your your team's deficiencies in offense. He did it in Houston. He did it in a he did it. He's doing it now in, in Arizona. And you really see an error that Kyler Murray missed his number, his wide receiver one. Because Marquise Brown, yeah, that's fine. No. We all know who the who the wide receiver one is in, 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 Houston, in, in, in Arizona. It's DeAndre. It's DeAndre Hopkins. And he chooses. That he's the number he's the number one wide receiver in in, in Arizona on a short
4: weekend.
0: So I think that th- I think things get better in Arizona now that Nook is back. He has a, he has a week. They had a mini buy this week because they played on Thursday night. buy on th- he had a mini you know Arizona has a mini buy had a mini buy this week and. James Conner will be back soon. INS since he left
4: Pittsburgh. Uh, well, they did it
0: last year, but I, I think things will start to get better for Kyler. Now that now, you can just, if, uh, if you want to discount James Conner, that's fine. That's your preference. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate you for it. But now that Nook is back, That's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Um I like, this week absolutely sucked ass. I don't even want to talk about the NFL anymore. Actually, now, you know what? I do. I do. I have another I have one more story in the NFL. And it, and it's a game. Like so so this game is should they tank or not? Should they tank? Or not, so I'm gonna go to the, I'm gonna go to the story, and, and there's six teams on this list that should tank or they shouldn't. All
4: right,
0: and all right, here we go. The first, we all this, this is a layup, we all know that this team is already tanking for the number one pick. Uh, next season. I mean, in, in the 20, 2023 NFL draft. I mean, that's the Carolina Panthers. We know they're tanking. We know they're tanking. We, they want to tank because they want one of the top three picks in the draft so they can get a lot of the quarterbacks coming out this year, which is uh, 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 Stroud from Ohio State, Bryce Young, um, the kid from Kentucky, there's a, there's a this this quarterback class is nothing compared to last year's. It's much much stronger. That's a layup. Carolina tank or not?
2: Well, definitely. I mean that the writing's on the wall
4: there. When they traded McCaffrey, I mean everybody knew they were. All right. Greg, go ahead and answer this layup. Please don't blow it like a Russell Westbrook.
2: I'm I'm ready. He, he, he asked, "Do you think uh, Carolina is tanking or should tank for the rest of the season?" I think they're I think they're doing the worst job at tanking, but I think
3: they're also making mm-hmm. the I mean, strategic they're making strategic trades for like you know what we might not need the number one pick we just need a high draft pick so we can trade with somebody else
0: and the only reason i say that, that is because
3: that
4: part oh boy, that part like boy there. Here. no
0: no that that part right there as it they, they may not get the number one pick but they now have enough ammo whereas like say they get the number three pick they get the number three pick or the number four pick they have enough ammo draft capital, and draft ammo that they can trade up to get up to number one. Because if it's, like, just just think who is in the running for number one pick. You got Detroit. You got Houston. You should have Atlanta, but, you know, they want to win. You have Denver. (laughs) You have Denver. You have the Oakland, I mean, we have the Las Vegas Raiders who I think is going to go on a run because if they if they feed Josh Jacobs who went to the moon and back this week and you possibly can have the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars who have their franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, there's opportunities for the, for the Panthers to get up to number one either they lose
2: they lose and, and they earn it well if you're a woman over forty dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause, and MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA approved solutions covered by insurance. of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
0: They quote, earn it, or you got enough vast capital even at number three, or at number two, or you know, and I I ain't going to say number two, at number three or number four, where they can move up to number one. Am I right or am I wrong?
3: No, you're right. My thing is, like, when it comes to Carolina, they were already bad to begin with, and they got better by being bad. I don't understand that. I've never seen that shit happen. Where it's like, you know what? Trade your best player, and then you get better. Then you, before that, you trade somebody else. It's like, okay, so are we just DJ making trades for the NFC? What? Yeah. DJ Moore, is next?
0: Yeah. Brian Burns, who's next.
3: Yep. I, I really hope that Carolina doesn't do like Utah does, which was, you know, just trade get rid of everybody. Trade your two
0: best players. Your, mm-hmm. Trade your two. No, your, actually, you can say your four best players, and then now they're 3-0 and on the way to being 4-0. Oh. <laughs> exactly.
3: And that that always scares me when it like the GM is like, you know what? I'm doing this for the team, but then the team ends up being good because they find their stars were on their bench the entire season. Like that happens to a lot of teams. Like I'm hoping like the, I know we're not talking about basketball, but the Lakers uh, and other teams like that, they realize like, yo, like, Oh, oh, the stars. We're, going to, oh yeah. we're going to
4: get but, to the Lakers
3: in a second. But yeah, when it comes to that team in particular, talking about Carolina, I would not be surprised to see them win four more games and completely ruin their first round pick because either way, they're just going to shop it to somebody. They're going to shop it to the person or the team that they traded for the fucking picks. I can fully see them trading that pick back to San Francisco. And it's like, wait, what the oh, fuck? Frank? Oh, no,
0: no. I, I, I
3: Here's my conviction on Carolina. I think they went to their two
0: and, two and five right now. So two and five. I think they win three more games and they end up with the fifth pick. But again, that capital, that draft capital that they have, will allow them to move up to number one.
3: Facts, facts, facts. DJ Moore and that overall pick. They, you know they're waiting for that. DJ Moore and the pick in order
2: to move up to the first pick. I
3: don't think DJ. But here's the
0: thing: I don't think DJ Moore gets traded. I don't. They think don't want to tra- They don't. They don't want to trade DJ Moore because he's a foundational piece. They don't want to trade Brian Ryan Burns because he's a foundational piece. The picks alone will get Carolina the number one. You trade number three, number four, number five. They have another. They have another first round pick. They got it. They got a, They got a, a third round pick, a second round pick, a third round pick in next year in in, in twenty twenty three. Or Christian Christian McCaffrey, they package all of those pe- picks and they get up to number one. Go number two, I didn't you know T.J. Stroud, T.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going number one. Number two, they want to be in those top two picks. All right, the next team on this list. The Chicago Bears, who are currently playing right now, and shockingly, the Chicago Bears have the lead. There goes my well, actually, my fan new lineup, and not fan because I'm, I faded fan because yesterday was a shit show. On DK, it's doing very well.
4: It's doing very well. Yeah,
3: let's talk about that. So, um, remember about 17 minutes ago, I said, Ramondre Stevenson is going to need at least 30 points to beat me. This motherfucker has 11 at the half because he got a rushing
4: yeah. touchdown. Yep.
3: Which leads credence to this. I'm tired of being right. Again, I'm tired of being fucking right. He better not win because I'm telling you, John is going to act as if he won the fucking Super Bowl to beat me. And it's like, bro. It, it can't happen. But either way, I'm going to leave that alone because I do want to touch on your point, view. Um, I don't know why Chicago's this bad because they have capable receivers, but it's Chicago. It's like Detroit got a little bit better, the Jets got a little bit better. Chicago just progressively got worse it's like there's no way y'all got worse after adding value they're trying to like equate Justin Fields to being like the heir apparent to Jalen Hurst and it couldn't be further from the truth We, we really need to start being able to flex games into Monday night situations because this game is bad every time I see the Bears on TV I almost want to throw up in my mouth a little bit it's, it's fucking disgusting to watch them play. It, it's re- It's really, really bad. And they're wasting David Montgomery. They're wasting Darnell Mooney. They're wasting Cole Komet. I'm like, yo, like, these are players on any other team. Like, yo, like, they're quality. Like, how can I put it? If if New England would have got Cole Komet instead of going out there and getting Hunter Henry, well, guess what? Matt Jones would have been doing better. But now, obviously, he's getting benched. Um, I fully expect him to move Mac after this year, talking about the Patriots, to Chicago. Because Chicago is a glutton for punishment. And they just like picking up overpriced quarterbacks that they have to pay. And Mac is going to be one of those. Um, But I don't even have an over and under for Chicago. It's it's just ugly football to watch. Even historically, people are like, oh, yeah, they have smash-mouth football. It's like... No, that in English, that's called boring ass fucking football. All that smash mouth shit. Oh, we just like to see the run. No, if we want to see running, we want to see Pittsburgh. We don't want to see boring ass Chicago just be Chicago. It has to suck to be, it has to be the equivalent of being a commanders fan. That's the only, that's the only like comparison I can make. Like Washington commanders fans are like diehard fans, the same way the Chicago fans are. I was like, you know what? Even if they don't win, guess what? Like, they got a solid team. But it's like, does Chicago have a solid team or is like Chicago just that bad? And the answer is Chicago's that bad. They're so bad that they can't even lose when they're supposed to lose. This game should be fucking 36 to 7 in favor of the Patriots. But the fucking Bears are up 20 to 14. You're supposed to be tanking on purpose. And you can't even do that right. Free agents don't want to come to Chicago because it's like, yo, what's, what, what is the point? Who was the receiver? Um, Allen Robinson. They wasted that man's career. Now he's, in, he's at the Rams still playing like he lived in Chicago. It's like, yo, you, you, you realize this team won the Super Bowl last year. You're supposed to be replacing Odell Beckham. And it's like, you know what? I'm so used to playing for the Bears. Like, <laughs> losing is acceptable. So, yeah. When it comes to Chicago, I have nothing for him, bro. It, it's really bad to watch because they shouldn't even be two and four. Possibly going to be three and four, three and four after this game. Lose games intentionally. Tank. What, what is so hard about tanking games? But the thing is, they want to make Justin Fields a thing, and he's not.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know who? You know where he's going to be in like five years? Geno Smith. He's going to be that quarterback. It's like, well, damn, like he just needed a good team. It's like, no, he's been on good teams. He's just a bad part. He's the bad part of that team. Like I'm waiting for Geno Smith to be exposed. Everybody's like, oh, well, Geno Smith is doing so good. I'm like, no, he's not. No, he's not. he got two good ass fucking receivers and a run game that's keeping him in games. Geno Smith is garbage. And he's always been. So in four years when we're still doing this podcast and I'm like yo remember you know back in 2022 I was talking about Justin Fields. You like yeah Greg I know you're right I'm like no I was wrong this motherfucker might win the Super Bowl this year because he <laughs> playing that you know <laughs> but it it, all, it it always works that way he has the aesthetic. he has the, he has the aesthetic that the NFL wants out of their their new quarterbacks like. He he looks like Mahomes. He throws like Lamar Jackson. He has the run game of Lamar as well. He has like the the height of like a, a Josh Allen. Right. The issue, though, is he's just not as good as all of them. Like if you did a creative player and you're like, OK, make my player look like Patrick, uh, like Patrick Mahomes, run like Lamar Jackson, have somewhat of an arm like, you know, Justin Herbert or something like that you're going to get Justin Fields. He looks like somebody in like season like 4 of, you know, franchise mode on Madden, they're like, "You know what? He he's going to go number 1 in the draft. And you're going to pick him." It's Justin Fields. This is what we get. He looks like every quarterback you don't want on your team. But I can't be, you know, I cannot wait to be proven wrong in 3 years when this motherfucker, you know, we're treating him like Derek Carr like, "Oh my god, he's MVP caliber." It's like Justin Fields. I'm not going to go so far to give him an award or say that he's like the JaVel McGee of football because it's not that deep. But I would not, I would not be surprised. <laughs> the Javel <laughs> McGee of football. <laughs> yo, yo, I, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if I see this man ended up winning something. I, I will not be surprised at all. So, But, yeah, he's – and then I look at it like he's his number
2: playmakers. one – playmakers. He doesn't have a, like a clear-cut playmaker on that team. At all. He is is the playmaker. Put it that way.
3: Yes. Yes. Now, could the problem be Chicago? Because when I say Chicago, meaning the organization, not the team. Because their number one receiver right now on the season is Dante Pettis, who proved he couldn't do anything in San Francisco for, what, three seasons? They cut him. He went somewhere else. Um, I can't even say this dude's name. Uh, We just will to call him... Equal sign. We're going to call him Equal St. Brown because I, I cannot pronounce that shit. Like,
2: I cannot... Oh, elaborate. yeah. E.E. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I won't even That's try. It's like an algebra but, problem or something. Exactly. So... <laughs> but, I
3: mean, be- best luck to Justin Fields, man. I just I feel like they set that man up for failure by bringing him in to an organization who's like, well, we're going to build around him, but then you never build around him. He's he just going to be what he's going to be. So right yeah they, they they're going to do a really terrible job of tanking them and carolina they're going to compete for the fourth and fifth pick and we're going to be sitting there like yo, oh, you realize i could have just tanked right but you know what you're going to do you're going to give it to fucking tampa bay who already got a spoil of riches and all they are going to do is go get a quarterback that's going to get them in the fucking afc you know the nfc championship next year because brady's going to be retired we know it to be true so yeah Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, Chicago's just not going to get right. What's the next one, Q?
4: Right, the next pick in this uh, take
0: The Denver Broncos.
2: Next. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. Houston, I, the, Houston, ahead, Texas, the Houston Texans.
4: The
0: Houston Texans.
3: Houston Texans will end up getting the number one
4: pick again.
0: Well, they are one, four, and one. So
3: that, that
4: yeah. That, that, right.
3: that, that tie is going to be the reason why they get the number one pick. They know exactly what the fuck they were doing.
2: Right. And, and, and think of this too. You have Cleveland's first round pick too. Yep. Yep, from the the Sean Watson trade. So absolutely, um, they could very well have like the way Cleveland's playing right now. Shit, Houston could pick one and two. <laughs> yep. So yep. And don't they
3: set up really nice? And don't think that Houston won't go and say, you know what, we're gonna make some trades right now because what trade deadline is? Was it November second? No, it's um,
0: it is it's November first. November first. Okay, so by next Tuesday, I should, I should, I'm trying to think who could they trade. Uh, I, mean,
3: cook? I don't think Houston wants cook. to trade for anybody. Cooks. Uh, nobody wants Cooks. Um, nobody not, wants Cooks.
2: If, if, if that's not what no. the league is fans. Yeah, I, I think trying? somebody. I I think they could trade Cooks, but they just want more draft picks. They're they're gonna just try to get more draft picks.
0: So everybody's trying to of be of like the Celtics. They're the Oklahoma City of of
2: the NFL.
0: They're the Thunder of the NFL.
2: And Utah.
0: (laughs) That's true. All right. Next team on the list.
2: The Pittsburgh Steelers. Nope. They'll never tank. They'll never, ever, ever, ever tank. Never. It's not in their blood. It's not in their DNA. (laughs) It, it's just not. Do I want them to right now? Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, please they, do this <laughs> exactly. They they have their uh, franchise quarterback now. Um, what they need offensive line help, and uh, you know, and, and some more draft picks. Their defense is is steady, but as far as them tanking. Ownership will never let them tank. Okay, All right. The last,
0: which, team on is, this which list, is that. The last, In, exactly. List, the last thing on this list is the Washington Commanders.
2: Nope. Nope. I don't see them playing it either.
0: No, no. First of all, Robert Barr is playing it. it. Who's coaching for his job? What I I see happening at the end of the season, um, Scott Scott dumbass Turner Scott dumbass Turner and Jack Dell fuck him, they get fired. And, And Ron Rivera makes it to his fourth season. Now, does Ron Rivera finish his fourth season? No. But Ron Rivera makes it to his fourth season. Like I said, like I said earlier, the NFC East has a strong chance now that Taylor Heineken is that quarterback and knows his offense and has chemistry, not only with Terry McLaurin but with Antonio Gibson. The NFC East could have all four teams in the playoffs this year. So like i say, they... He gets into the playoffs. He does not survive his fourth season. Unless they go and get it unless they go and get a quarterback. Which, yeah, that hasn't worked out. But I don't see the I don't see the commanders taken. And unless unless Dan unless Dan fucking Snyder is forced out of ownership. And then the new owner Jeff Bezos and whoever buys the fucking team for five plus billion dollars says, "You know what? We are we are cleaning all this shit out." Am
4: I right or am my mouth? I mean, let me, here, let me ask this. I mean, and you know, I. Do you think Daniel Snyder gets forced out?
0: With Jim Irsay, and you got to remember the the skeletons in Jim Ursay's closet. For Jim Ursay, who's been quiet in terms of like ownership, he doesn't make a public face. He'll say some stupid shit, but right. not like. But Jim Ursay of all people to say, hey, Dan Snyder has to fucking go. That means a lot. Because like, Jim Ursay grew up in the old garden in the old garden of the NFL. Like his father served at, his father before he took over <clears throat> the Colts. his father was there with Relative Mara, he was there with Lamar Hunt, he was there with uh, with Art Rooney, the stalwarts of the league.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: his biggest thing is the shield, protecting the shield and what, and how will my grandchildren and, and Jim ursay has like 13 grandkids. And <clears throat> when he dies, the team is going to one of his daughters for him to say that last week, and we didn't get a chance to talk about that because that happened what Wednesday. For him to say that and go on the record saying that. Because all the other owners are scared as pussies of going on the record and saying Dan Snyder has to fucking go. Dan Snyder is gone is a goner. And I can't fucking wait. I will run down the sh- I will run down Pennsylvania Avenue naked when Dan Snyder is forced to sell the thing. <laughs> That's funny. Um. I can't fucking wait. So yes, do I think he's a goner? He's absolutely a goner. It just takes the Mary Jo White investigation or the or the uh, the House and, uh, Oversight and Government Reform Committee to say, "Hey, we got a bombshell." Before uh, January, before January third. When the when, when the the probable um, uh, result of the midterm elections will make the Republicans the leader of the House of Representatives for it to happen, but that's my take, and'm and that's the hill I want to die on. All right. Boy, that was a great NFL talk. I, I don't want to talk about the NFL no more because this it that suck. Week 8 is a, is a much better slate. Week 8 is a much better slate. Hopefully, a <laughs> much better slate. Money wise, for Fanbul and Flip and Waxing, because this week was an absolute shit show. Let's go to the NBA. This week was, last week, was the first week of the NBA of the NBA regular season, and um, newsflash: the, the Lakers are ass. So I'm going to lead off this. I'm going to lead off this M- NBA talk with overreactions. What are your current overreactions? Overreac- and, and Greg, I know you don't really follow the NBA. Until after the All Star break. What are the current overreactions after this first week of the NBA's
4: regular season? <clears throat> um Utah being three and zero. see that coming. Um oh, yeah, Kelly Kelly Olenek. Kelly O'Limic.
0: And and there was a lot of chatter today about the role that Mike Conley has on that Utah team, comparing him to Chris Paul. When Chris Paul was traded to the thunder. When the Rockets, when the Rockets traded him to the thunder for, for Russell Westbrook.
4: I mean, I I don't know there I, I, it, see it, we we are only what three four games into the season right now so, so i mean, about four
0: well, four games into the regular season like most most teams have played four games or have played four games or are playing their fourth game now
2: tonight
4: fourth game tonight okay um let's see uh I mean, you know, just, just looking at the standings right now. Um, you know, like I said, the jazz stand out as being 3 0. Um other than that, I mean everything is kinda, you know.
2: That I think is like not going as planned, but uh, pretty much what a lot of people would see. Um, Now, I I can give you maybe a few hot takes uh, for the season, being that I missed the show last week until late. Uh, The Houston Rockets will make the playoffs this year, I believe.
0: I love it. Like, you know, that's the, that's a great take. Kevin, Kevin um, Jr. is, is yes, playing yes. his ass
2: off. Dude, they have so much good young talent on that team. And I mean, you know, they're fast, they're quick, they're, they're athletic. So I could definitely see them making the playoffs. All right. And, and this, this one here is going to be probably my biggest hot take of the season. Or the upcoming season, whatever you want to say. New Orleans Pelicans are going to be a top three team.
0: Ooh, I love it. Yes. That, that Pelicans team. First of all, you got a point guard. <coughs>
4: mm-hmm. You
0: got a point guard in C.J. McCollum. Right. That is, that is master built for that offense. You have Zion Williamson. Who has been showing his ass, even though now, he, uh, yesterday he was diagnosed with a hip flexor. But I think Zion, he finally got rid of the fucking McDonald's and the Big Macs like Donald
2: <laughs> Right.
0: <laughs> and he got his body right. And I said earlier, before the season, I, I was talking to someone, like, and this was not a take on the show. And it could have been. I said, if Dion gets his body right, eats healthy, gets rid of the fucking Big Macs and all of those bullshit that he was eating, and really commits to getting in the fucking gym and getting his mm-hmm. game conditioned as a six foot nine, 200, like a, a, a non chiseled LeBron, if he chisels his body like LeBron did, if he spends that $200 million contract that he got from the Pelicans, and really, truly, honestly, takes care of his body, he's a freaking fucking nature. And so far, three games, three three plus games into the season, he's proven my point and a lot of prognosticators
2: in the NBA right. Well, you know, when you sign a big, giant, fat contract extension, <laughs> that'll,
4: that'll do it to you.
2: Definitely do it.
4: To right, and he
0: has no more excuses. None. He has no more excuses. You got the bag. Spend the bag. You are... A g- just like LeBron was... Just like LeBron was a generational talent. An all-generational talent. Zion has the ability to be the same way. But Zion wanted to be fat and fuck. And not take care of his body.
2: Well, he has to now.
0: It's a must. It's a necessity now. He has no, yep. he has no reason, he has no, no rhyme or reason not to do so. You got $200 million from the Pelicans who you wanted to trade from, but they gave you the bag. You got to spend that bag now. You got to spend that fucking bag. You gotta you gotta you gotta take care of your body like LeBron takes care of his body. That means you got you, you gotta throw three million dollars every offseason or every season to get your body where it needs to be so that you can survive 70, 75, 80 games, plus whatever you do in the playoffs. <clears throat> Zion has no more. Fucking excuses. Oh, he's gonna end up like Greg Oden. Exactly. But I am very impressed with what I've seen out of New Orleans. They have like they, they have talent all over that fucking roster. All over the damn roster. All over the damn roster. From Jose Alvarado to Devontae Graham getting up. And, and and leaping out of the fucking gym to block Walker Kessler yesterday on, on on Sunday. There's so much talent on that team. So mm-hmm. much talent on that team. They needed a facilitator. They needed a facilitator to to unlock all of their potential in New Orleans, and they have one now in C.J. McCollum.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Man, I like seat, but let, 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 let's go to the fucking Lakers. The Lakers are zero three to start the season, and yesterday they played the they played the they played Portland. Portland. They played Portland. It's time to cut the Ripcord on Russell Westbrook.
2: Did you say it is time or is it yeah. time?
0: It's past time, last season was past time. This season is even more urgent. You have LeBron, who had a near triple-double yesterday. A near triple-double. LeBron is my age. He's two months away from being 38 years old. 20 years in the league. Rob Palenka needs to be fired and sent to Antarctica. You have wasted three years of LeBron's prime uh, Remain. The, he has wasted three years of LeBron's remaining crime. He needs to be. He needs to be fired and sent to Anonica to die the rest of his life.
2: Don't worry. It, it's gonna. It's gonna come soon. I think when, when he'll. He'll be gone. Well, I mean, if his play continues like it has been. Uh, just over these first three games, you know, and basically all of last season, it, it, it's the Lakers. They're not going to stand for it. They're, they'll do something to get him out of there.
0: But you know, they were already talking about. They were already talking about like they're going to wait until like basically after Thanksgiving. Once the Lakers, once the, the once the season is twenty games in. Once the game. Once the season is twenty games in. I mean, they use a twenty when it's, yeah, but they need to cut they need to do it now. Like there's the the the, the talk in the league right now is that they're going out that, that they are looking at Terry Rozier. Um they they have to cut bait. Have to cut bait They I mean they've already like Darvin Ham has already moved him to the bench. He does not need to be the the he does not to be Westbrook we, does not need to be in the lineup no, to close the games. He is terrible. Can't shoot. Makes terrible decisions. He does not to be. He does not need to be in the, close the lineup. Am I right or wrong for
2: saying that? No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right.
0: So, yeah. So, that's all the NBA talk I have for this week. Um, quickly, going into, <clears throat> going into Major League Baseball. The World Series matchup is set. We have the Houston Astros, who swept the Yankees in four games. Mm-hmm. Going against turncoat Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies, who swept the Padres in four games. Who wins the series?
2: Do you want who I think is going to win or who I want to win? You can do both. Okay. I want the Phillies to win. And I think the Phillies also will win. So I'm going to take the Phillies in 7 games.
4: Yeah, 7 games. That's what I take. What about you? Q, you there?
0: Oh no! I have I said I have I have the Astros in six.
2: Oh, okay. You were on mute. I didn't get you. Oh
0: no! no. <clears throat> All right.
2: So Astros in six. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So Greg,
0: the question of the the question of the hour is: We have the Astros, the Houston Astros, versus the Turncoat, that Turncoat Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series. Who wins this series and goes home with a pennant?
2: Houston.
3: Okay. And the reason why is Philly already has enough chatter With the Eagles I do not want to repeat uh, Oh, well Philadelphia won everything Like, no Mm-mm. Fuck that
2: Houston <laughs> Alright Well, Bye. Greg, I, I don't know if you were here When I just made my prediction But I I did pick the Phillies to win In seven games So wow, That's just my pick That's
4: just my pick <laughs> Yes, it's okay. It's okay. Me, I will uh, you say guys. this.
0: I will I will say this. The the World Series schedule um game three in Philly is going to be absolutely electric. And they play on Friday. Mm. They play on Friday. And it you know, Philly is the Thursday night game this week.
3: So I'm, I'm I'm so glad you said that to somebody who doesn't care,
4: because
3: <laughs> I, I still am a firm believer that the Philly hype train, it's a little bit too strong. And I, I just it's not in the cards. I don't even have a long explanation like I normally do. I, just, I don't want Bryce Harper to have anything positive. I don't want him to be able to say, you know what? I did it. And if he doesn't bring up Washington, will it matter? Because I just, I don't believe in Philly. I don't, when I say Philly, talking about their baseball team. Philly's a really nice town. Sometimes. But. No, it's not. Okay. Well, in my personal opinion, the reason why I think the Houston Astros will win It's because Philly's still kind of premature when it comes to like the World Series in recent years with Bryce. I don't think he's the one to get it done for them, but I wouldn't be surprised. Because like you said, all the primetime games happen, guess what? Philly. So anything is possible. Truthfully, I didn't watch any of like the baseball like playoffs or whatever because it didn't matter. In my personal opinion, it was like I had my favorites and I was like, you know what? I just felt like Houston's going to win it again. And I feel like Houston's going to win, especially since they gave them Philly. So everybody's like, oh, well, Philly's home game is on Friday and then they're going to lose in Philly. And we'll be sitting there like, damn, they're, you know, they're down two games to one. And, you know, we're traveling back to Houston and Houston closes it out. So, Yeah. I'm completely fine with
2: you know, with my pick being Houston, so I just I just don't want Houston to win because to me, they're the New England Patriots of Major League Baseball and it's not, not like Tom Brady, like uh, New England Patriots because they fucking cheat they were caught cheating I just just they, they just they, they make my skin crawl and, and I hate that shit I don't like El Tuve I don't like Jose El Tuve. I don't like Alec Bregman the only person on that team that I do like is two people Justin Burlander and Michael Brantley that's it Other that, what about what about I? I don't like him either he's too good mm. so that sounds a lot like the New England Patriots
4: Thank you. Sounds, sounds a lot like. That. Yeah, that's all I
0: got. Yeah, same. All right, so that that's all I have this week. That's all I have this week. So, um,
3: I, I just have one last thing. It's not Go an award, ahead. but um, I was watching a YouTube clip of Lisa Leslie. On the shop with Draymond Green, Braun, and all of them, right? And she says something to the effect of the male athletes talking about the NBA players should donate a portion of their salary. I didn't take into account that the WNBA loses rough, I think they said it was like $10 million. Well, it doesn't even matter the amount, they're always in the negative. At the end of every season. And there's no money generated. And it brought up, in my personal opinion, a discussion that we had had earlier about the same topic, about why are we when I say we meaning the NBA fans or professional basketball fans inclined to tell athletes from one sport to go and pay athletes from another sport. So I started doing a deep dive and I was like, yo, do the male UFC fighters pay for the women UFC fighters so they can fight? Answer was no. Tennis? Answer was no. Golf? Answer was no. Baseball? Answer was no. Pro wrestling, which we talk about on the show? Answer is no. I got down to soccer and there were a lot of like discussions about like Megan Rapino and comments she's made in the past and things like that. And it, it dawned on me that sports is the only place where everybody wants to be. When I say sports talking about like an entertainment, like celebrity field and stuff like that sports it's like separate but equals like, yeah, we'll go and support your games. and We'll do stuff like that, but we, we can't, help you out in that regard. Cause we're already helping more specifically the NBA and the WNBA, because I remember seeing athletes like male NBA athletes supporting and going to WNBA games, doing what they do. I'm sure they do a whole bunch of things behind the scenes, but at what point do we say enough's enough? Why do you feel inclined to my check when your fans don't even go to your games? And I wanted to just leave with that. I know that's completely off the, you know, the chessboard when it comes to this episode, but it, it rung in home for me when the guy in the video had said, the WNBA has been negative in the revenue at the end of the season every year for over 25 years. So I'm sitting there like, Yo, so what's keeping them in business? Because 25 years, you're not pulling in any you know, residual income when it comes to the end of your season. Who's fitting the bill for this? And you know what the answer was? The fucking NBA. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sitting like, wait. The NBA is funding, y'all. But now you want the players to donate some of their portions so you can play equally or have fair and equal pay, which I'm all for people getting fair and equal pay. However, you're playing a fraction of the time. You're also playing a fraction amount of games so when i say time meaning like you know in that window but more importantly your fans can't even fill the stands the merch is not selling the teams i'm not saying they're not entertaining but you don't even do enough promotion within for people to say you know what we want to go to that
2: so i I, that was just sitting on my spirit Well, no, I I was just going to say, because I did see, I I don't know, a week or so ago, um, about WNBA players, like their highest paid player in the entire league, like only makes like Mm -hmm. like $250,000, I I, I think. Mm -hmm. So I, I see what they're getting, why they want the equal pay and everything. But you just brought up the perfect point, though. How many games are there in a WNBA season? Exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah, and you're right. They're they're not selling out. They, they only sell out during the playoffs, during their playoffs, and exactly. they have, you know, half of you know the teams that the NBA does. The NBA yep. is just a bigger product. All right. Yeah. So the WNBA has been around for a for a while, and I believe it was bigger. 10 years ago than what it is today. Exactly. It's sad, it's sad to say. It really is. Yeah.
3: I, I'm 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 gonna send you guys this video because it broke it down. And he like Draymond, who is somebody who I don't always agree with, honestly, I don't think I've mm-hmm. ever really agreed with him, to see him upset because he's like, yo, like, y'all are acting like we don't support you. And that like, I do not say made me become a fan, but it made me listen a little bit clearer because He's right. When I go and I see like the NBA players, you know, when I do look at like WNBA basketball, I'll go, I'm like, all right, cool, like Chris Paul's there, blah, 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 blah. But when I look at the tweets about it, it's a bunch of people hating. It's like, oh, well, they're making it about them. That's why, you know, LeBron went to this game. So it must be about LeBron. It's like, no, it's fucking LeBron like going to your game and supporting you. It's not, oh, he's there because he wants to be seen. Because trust me, he probably don't want to be there. Right. If if we're being completely honest, like then I was looking at the tw- in the video they showed a tweet of Luca holding up a WNBA jersey, and the fucking Minnesota Lynx Twitter said, "Oh well, you know he was paid to do this, and he never really showed up. This is all fake." And it's like, yo, like how do you want support when you're hating from your own organization? Like that, yes. it's it's fucking it's weird. I'm like like watching it. It really frustrated me because. I know we're not a political show and stuff like that, but it's like, we're trying to do this gender divide when it comes to sports. And I get it. Like there is a really differentiated like gap when it comes to like pay when it comes from like male athletes and women athletes. But then when you look at the fact that it's like, Oh, well they are playing from the end of May until like the beginning of August. And I, I hope I'm not wrong by saying this, was like, these are kind of like weekend games. These are like Thursday, Friday, Saturday games. You know what I mean? And they're always in like some inopportune time. Like when I was young, like you, we used to go to WNBA games because every other thing was booked. So like, okay, cool. You're going to summer camp, right? You're at summer camp. Hey, they gave out 50 WNBA tickets, right? It's like, okay, cool. We can all go. And we all enjoyed ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's the most, I've, that's the most I've ever seen when it comes to promotion. Like when I watch ESPN and everything, when they try to promote the WNBA with the highlights, there are no highlights. When I see the commercials of we got next and stuff like that, I'm like, if you've been having next for 25 years, like something's wrong here. Like we have to figure this shit out. Because we're yeah. a year we're going into year 26 and we haven't figured out how to generate revenue. Because you know what would happen? Say if you're like, you know what, we're gonna get a big salary.
4: Twenty
3: seven but here's the thing, Q. Imagine if they say, you know what? We can't give you 50 or super max contracts and stuff like that, because here's the thing. Most of the super max contracts are the players who truthfully are on their way out of the WNBA because it took them seven years to establish themselves. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of them that are like, Oh, they were star, they were stars, but we didn't really know they were stars until like year six or seven. There aren't any like Rebecca Lobos and, you know, people like that. You might have like the the Candace Parkers, and every once in a while you have those like those generational WNBA talents, and there are a lot of them, but they're so few and far between because you never know. Like there was um there was a tweet where one of the one NBA player I forgot uh. He said something to the effect of, oh, I think he said like number nine for the Mystics. She's really good. Like talking about she's a really good player. She took that as a negative. I I gotta look this up. I have to look this up. If you could play that voicemail while I look this up, that would be
4: good, Cube. All right, here we go. Yo, Lou, um,
2: you know, how old are you? How old are you, Lou? Still sucking dick about sports. Buddy, we're about to go to a nuclear war. And you're over here. One. Oh no, no. Like what? No. What was that? What the hell? Yeah, yeah. That one.
3: I had to block that one. No, he's gotten blocked. I'm glad you did. Yeah. So, thank you. So this, so this beef happened in 2020. In the heat of the pandemic, it says that Miami's Miami's Natasha Cloud. No, 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 no cue. Hold on. Miami Heat forward Andre Iguodala was watching a WNBA game during his stay in the NBA bubble where he decided to take to Twitter, setting off an unexpected beef. Iguodala thought he was paying Washington Mystic star Ariel Powers a compliment by tweeting about her game. He said on July 28th, 2020, Number twenty-three from the Mystics is nice! Exclamation! 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 Right?
0: No, and she was like, she had a she had an amazing season this this year
3: for
4: no no Minnesota Q Q Race.
3: this was this was this, Q this was from twenty twenty this is from twenty twenty no but in the bubble
4: was, was really good she yeah, is really that, I,
3: Q I'm getting to that <laughs> let me get to it thank you okay so as She's it bad turns bad, out <laughs> that compliment wasn't too well received by the Mystic shooting guard she said July 29th, twenty twenty. Because he had said what he had said July 28th of 2020. She says, put some respect on my name or keep this tweet to yourself. Now, I'm going to repeat what he said because she even tagged him in the tweet by retweeting and commenting. He said, number 23 from the Mystics is nice. Why are you so triggered that you had to go and say, put some respect on my name or keep this tweet to yourself? So. Somebody, else. Uh, one of her father, one of her followers said, "Anyone black should understand what say her name means to this community." Add him to the cancel list and keep it moving. He can't even stay on any given team. He's expendable in his league. She is not ariel Powers twenty three. Wear your crown, high queen. People were saying, "Thank you for these surly." Uh, I'm sorry, people are really surly these days. Thank you for supporting the WNBA. Her name is ariel Powers. Teachable moment. Practice kindness, people, until it's a habit. Powers wasn't having it, even if the disrespect wasn't intentional. The Heat veteran was seemingly annoyed by the response, right? So Andre Iguodala said, dot, 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 no manners. But Powers wasn't done yet, airing out Iguodala's dirty laundry on her timeline. We deal with disrespect on a daily, so for someone like you, Andre, to tweet that off the same device you could have looked me up on is unacceptable. Mind you, commentator said my name. Would it have been the same if I was a guy? Look at the pic. I didn't forget. I said what I said. So she posted a tweet, I'm sorry, an article that said NBA star Andre Iguodawa, I don't want my daughter playing basketball and becoming a lesbian from 2016, right? From a website that said that that wasn't true, right? So this was a TMZ Sports article in which Iguodawa's daughter's mother made an allegation when seeking to triple the amount of her child support, and then she cleared it up right so we found okay. out that it was indeed not true so you just asked this guy to fact check your name and then you pulled up an article that you didn't fact check are we are we not seeing a correlation here so regardless of how good a player is he gave you a compliment and you took that upon yourself to see it as a dig i don't know in what on what planet where someone would say you know what Number twenty three is nice. You know how many players in the NFL? I don't know their fucking names, so I say the number. Oh, like number ninety seven for the fucking Ravens. is playing really good. Like, yeah, their jerseys there. I'm not going to be like, hey, Rapino or you know Jacobs or some shit. Like, what the fuck? Like, no, I'm going with the goddamn number. Like, bro, it's yeah. easier to go and say like, yo, like th- think about this tweet, right? If somebody says Powers is really nice, right? Versus saying number 23 from the Mystics is nice. You know what people are going to do? Go Google it for themselves. What she wanted was for him to say, Ariel Powers 23 for the Mystics is nice. He said that. He just didn't fucking tag you in it. But you're so triggered about it. This was 2020. And I get what Q was saying. She's a really good player. Yes, she is. We know these things. But the fans don't care. Because they don't show up to Mystics games. I've seen the ticket sales. They don't. No disrespect. You could be as good as you want to be. Because when I say this, I have to be completely honest. I'm sure somebody on the Sacramento Kings is good, but nobody's going to those games. Washington Commanders are still trying to give us tickets. And they just got better. Just got better. But, you know, my, my point in this whole discussion, and I'm trying not to be disres- like really disrespectful about it, is you want, like the same salary. When I say not even the same salary, you want NBA players to donate when they're already doing that because without the NBA money, without the, like the funding, and I'm sure that there are other sponsors and things like that, but it, it's well known that the NBA contributed into what the WNBA is. Now, if they've completely eradicated themselves and said, you know what, we're going to just make the WNBA its thing and then the NBA be its thing, I would have to go and counter by saying this. If that's the case, why do you want a completely separate entity's money from its players? Right. That's like me. You know, like if I'm a professional athlete for the NFL, I'm not going to the XFL and say, yo, we need some of y'all money because we play the same sport. It don't work that way. It, I've never seen it work that way. Me and, you know, in our job fields, we don't go to somebody with a similar job field and say, you know what? They should give up their salary from their job in a completely different like entity, because you know what? We do the same things. It doesn't work that way. So right. all, all, all in all, like this is no disrespect to the WNBA. Cause if we ever get clipped, I don't want somebody like chopping it up and like adding their own little elements to it. I just have to say this to be cr- crystal clear. That really kind of like hurt my feelings. And it's not about my feelings at the end of the day. It's just one of those things where I saw the clip and Lisa least Leslie said nothing wrong. Draymond said nothing wrong. But the, the facts are the facts and the stats are the stats. So as like a male or, you know, as a cishead man, I just wanted to say, I'm going to do my best, you know, for the WNBA. We've been talking about going to WNBA games for the past two seasons. We've been like, oh, we, we got to get to these games. But we never really know. Because there's no promotion there, which means we have to go seek these things out, which, again, that could be since like a male-dominated world. Like, yeah, while ESPN is promoting um, like Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, they could be promoting the WNBA. But as long as I've been watching the WNBA, I start seeing little infomercials and commercials about the WNBA a month before before tip-off. I know when the NBA League is starting because they're fucking promoting the NBA season in June. They're like, hey, just in case you forgot, come October, we got this, we got drafts, we got this. And the NBA has it as well, but it's not promoted to the magnitude that it is, which I don't know if that's a funding thing or if that's a thing that they just could care less about. But what they do need to do, talking about the NBA, is figure out a way to make so, well, I'm sorry, so making it so that women can go and have the pay that they feel as though they deserve in the WNBA. Now, that being said, Maybe next season, Q, things will change. Maybe the NBA and their organizations and what, are, like the different teams that they have, like the veterans and stuff, they'll figure some things out. But if it hasn't happened in 27 years, is that just on the NBA and its players? Or is it somebody that needs to, you know, answer from another organization? So
0: I'll, I'll land with that. All right, so we have one more voice voicemail and then we're, uh,
2: we're going to get on out of here. Here we go. Yeah, I think I had this conversation before when I said the WNBA can benefit off of robberies like Magic Bird, Jordan Dominique, you know, promote some one-on-one robberies and, you know, create some type of WWE kind of, uh not WWE, but promote some entertainment aspect of it because I don't see anything from the WNBA. And th- that's
3: another thing right there. I know you're trying to get out of here, Q, but for me, I feel the same way. Like there is no intrigue outside of watching the WNBA finals. Like every, like I have my favorite players, but even then, like my favorite players about to leave this year. Right. I don't have a, a, a secondary person. I don't have somebody who I'm on the come up looking for. Like when it comes to college basketball, the intrigue is there. But then the league, when they get to the WNBA, they're not treated the same. They, they're not treated like the stars that they were in college. And the only reason it's not is because there's not some like storyline behind it or there's not some intrigue. Like, you know, the WNBA, everything that happened, you know, over the summer, you know, with the whole Russia scandal, I'm not gonna say names because, you know, we get flagged on stuff like that. But it kind of got real quiet. And, you know, there were people speculating that, oh, well, the male athletes aren't, you know, giving it up and they're not saying these things. It's like, yo, they are. You're just not seeking this shit. You're you're hoping to find like find answers in an empty room and it's like it's not gonna be there you have to go to where these people are so to ask and that's my last little point to ask the athletes to share some of their salaries like yo can you imagine like i i, I can't I, I just think it's a little bit ridiculous bro like you know like now i get it, it, it trust is. me I, i've said it a lot of times like yo like there are some players, in my personal opinion, because I, I, I'm a part time hater. Like I, I can't justify why, like even with inflation and recession, lumerent like lumen and stuff like that, that a WNBA player is making two hundred fifty thousand, like you said, Lou. But then you have Ooh. an athlete who's making forty million dollars. But then I have to look at what their job brings in. That's like me telling, uh, you know, a fucking lawyer, like, hey, just because you make uh, $250,000 a year means that, you know what, the person fresh out of law school or the person who's in their first couple years of law should be making just as much as you do because y'all technically do the same thing. It, it just do, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't compute for me. So I'm really hoping, you know, I'm not being disrespectful to women, one, two, the WNBA, but for as many times as we've talked about the WNBA and we try to add segments to the show and we try to talk about it, we're still hoping. Like, there's like right now a 16 year old like phenom. She's six foot six, all over TikTok, and I'm like, yo, you know what? Like, the WNBA could be promoting her just as much as the dude who's like seven three that everybody's trying to tank in the NBA for. You know what I mean? Victor, like, Wimbe. Victor Wimbe- Yeah, yeah. Like, there are people when I look at um like Bleacher
0: Report, but only, but like, but, it, ble- but, but it, but it, but it, but it's it's different because the NBA. I mean, but it's, mm-hmm. the WNBA has has like the NFL rule. you cannot go pro after three, until you're at, you know three years. The NBA has the one and done rule, so they, it's yeah. easier for the NBA to to, to say, "Hey, look, Victor and is the shit," I and mean,
3: he is. Yeah, he is. The NBA can't do that, but that that's the beauty in this shit. I Understand? Like they have that rule, but Q. How many like Instagram and Twitter like tweets that have you seen where they're promoting some like twelve year old who's going to high school as a fucking prospect? It's like yo, they don't graduate for another fucking like they can't even do anything until they're eighteen. They're twelve and they're talking about their phenoms. I've, I've watched TikToks of like little
4: kids no, no, who are like that, eight.
0: No, no, that is very no, that is that is ver- that is very true, and I think that is a problem. That is definitely a problem that the W that the W needs to fix. It's just like the the structure of the league and everything just not allow them to do that. And I think that once they become more popular and become more popular, become more mainstream, and people like us, um, cisgendered males Mm -hmm. who think athletes is supposed athletes are only supposed to follow male sports because whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that once. I think that once, like we as a society, really like fully um, understand and accept that women have the same ha- have the same abilities. It may be a little less for some who are freaks of nature. It could be a little more, but until mm-hmm. we, as a society, at As a society understands that women have the same, should have, and do have the same ability Mm -hmm. as the same ability, just like on a pure game wise level, it will never happen until that day comes.
3: Facts. So I'll land my plane with what you said, Q. I have nothing more to say. I just, I really hope that things improve. But I I, mean, uh, and to... I think and, and I
0: think that and I think that they are, but again, it's societal. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's societal and gender-wise because we all think, and I, and, and, I, and I hate to say the the word we, but
4: mm-hmm. ma-
0: I would say this: a majority thinks. Women are inferior, and especially when it comes to, ath- to athletics.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And once that changes, we will start to see, we will all. And here is where I can say we we can all, we will all see the benefit, and then we will all be able to witness that. Yeah there, there are there are women there are women athletes that will lap the field. Yep, compared to men. Yep. But it's like I said, it's societal. It's societal. We have not gotten there yet. We literally, as a society, just started accepting LGBTQ relationships and marriage. Yep. And that people who do not subscribe, you know, people that do not subscribe, and I can talk as one of them, people that do not subscribe to the cishet version of marriage being with a man or with a man and a woman or even like the the polygame that you can be in a relationship with some with one person but also can be in a relationship with another person and as long as the respect is there between all parties y'all can live happily ever after it has not been accepted yet because it's still taboo and women's sports And women's sports, in a sense, is taboo, which is why Title IX is incredibly important to try Mm -hmm. to help level the playing field. But again, it's societal. And once we, as a society, reach the level that it's okay, regardless of your gender, regardless if you were born a woman, born a male, or transitioned to becoming, a, if you were born a man, but you transitioned to becoming a woman, or if you were born a woman, if you were biologically born a woman, and you realized this is not what I want to, this is not who I am, mm-hmm. and you transition and they transitioned to being a male, yeah. it, 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 it's going to take that point. It's going to take yeah. that point. And I want to, and, 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 and like you made great points, and you made great points, you and Luke, and I don't want to just, I'm not the one to discount anything that you all have to say, because you all—you both made valid, valid points. But I think overall, it is a society, is a societal issue. And once mm-hmm. we as a society accepts that anyone can be whoever the fuck they want to be. Mm-hmm. That's when everything will start to change for the better. And mm-hmm. I'm, gonna end this, I'm, I'm going to end this show with that. We'll save rewards. I'm sure we'll have plenty more next week. We're going to save rewards for next week. Uh, this was a great, great episode. You know, with the traffic in the background and everything. This was an excellent episode. A lot of view, We had a lot of viewpoints on everything that was discussed tonight. And I really, 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 really do appreciate that. Um, that's what makes this show best because, you know, I, I, I want you to get your shit off. Um, and that's what I really do appreciate about this podcast that say what you have to say. You may, you know, there's some that may not agree. That's some that may agree, but that is the nature of the debate that I want to have. Like, and that's Mm -hmm. it. And that's all. Yep. Thank you all for listening to another great episode of the young black and black sports <clears throat> desk. We will see you next Monday. Same back time, same that channel of hopefully a better NFL week eight than the shit show. That was NFL week seven. Good night and good luck. We'll see you next week.
2: Peace y'all. Peace y'all.